Hello and welcome to Wine, Spirit, and, and witches. witches. This is Monica. And this is Shauna. And we're your high priestess for this evening. And tonight, guys, it's, you know, the first of the month is coming up. So who do we got? We have our favorite astro witch, Taddy McCoy. How are you doing, Taddy? Hello, witch land. How are you, Taddy? Hi, everybody. How are you? So great to have time with the, the, the wine and the spirits and the witches and the community. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a party. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> oh. And and I got to tell you because you know, you know, we're we're into 2021 now and tw- you know, we can all look back on that weird year of 2020 and there was a lot of you know, there was a lot of heavy astrology honestly the whole year and there was, you know, um Saturn and Pluto, we had like a lot of eclipse work which can be, you know, highly energetic and intense. But I'm happy to report that in April of 2021, just regular astrology programming. We've got we've got some planets that are changing signs. We have one planet doing a retrograde motion. And you know, here and there we'll have a square, but it's just kind of regular programming. It's there's nothing extraordinary going on except for the regular extraordinary dance of the planets. So I'm really happy. We got I'm flow. really happy to hear that. Um, the spring equinox and the, the full moon we just had really brought in a lot of healing, a lot of um celebratory relational work. Like things are gonna flow. I think things are starting to flow and I'm really happy. Really happy to be That's part awesome. of it to share what's going on in April. That's I awesome. love it. I'm I'm awesome. excited for that because you know Like, especially because like we're nearing the end of March and March was when everything got super fucking weird last year. So I've been kind of like walking on eggshells, like what's happening now? Like nothing, right? Are we good? We're good. I feel like the only thing that I can report that shitty that's been happening is it's so damn hot in Los Angeles. You know, it's bipolar LA. That's what I call it. It doesn't know whether it wants to be warm or cold. I mean, it's crazy. It's just, you never know. You know, that's the weather here. True, it, and you know, I'm sure we are. I'm I'm not the only person listening. When you run that air conditioner the first time, it you gotta talk to the landlord and make sure that it works because oh, it yeah. works the first day you put it on. So mm-hmm. the heat. I mean, it's it's April. It could. I mean, I mean, excuse me. It's the end of March. Um, it could have happened in February where we needed. It, you know how it is in Los Angeles, but it's been it's hot. Yeah. Well, this is everyone's yearly reminder. Make sure that you get your air conditioner service now before it's 115. You will think it's going to be like it did last year for you, Sean. I mean, I know 115 of my air conditioner broke. That was the worst. We are not having a redo of that this year. No, we're not. No, absolutely not. No. So what's everybody drinking? I got my Bailey's. Are you going to drink it out of a shoe? No, it's not out of a shoe. Oh, gracious. I said out of a shoe. shoe, I want to go clubbing. I want to go clubbing and drink Bailey's out of a shoe. (laughs) We need to get Monica a a shoe. We need to get me a shoe cup or a shoe glass. Because it's just, I feel like if you're going to drink Bailey's, old Greg, you got to do it right. We need to get it out of a shoe. (laughs) I will try next time. Okay. Okay. What about you, Taddy? (laughs) She's cracking up, guys. She can't even talk right now. Hold on. We have to collect ourselves. Oh, Greg got her. (laughs) And it's hot hot and red and I can't breathe. (laughs) This is good. This is good. You know what they say? Laughter is medicine. Laughter is medicine. It is. Yes. It's something about missing the doctor. If you if you have a hard laugh, you don't have to go to the doctor. It's an Irish little right. Thing. Yeah, McCoy should know this. There we go. I like oh, that. Right. So what, what you, you drinking, Teddy? Well, um, this year on a sacred day in the Irish world, some call it St. Patrick's Day. I, as an astro witch, like to call it on Dogda Day because Dogda is the god of revelry and partying and celebrating and harps 
maybe have some warriors in there as well. He's way cooler than St. Patrick. So Absolutely. this year I treated myself. This is Powers Irish whiskey. All right. I'm a Jameson. It's Powers this year. Ooh, wow. All right. Very good. What about you, my friend? Yeah, I am drinking a bubbly water. I've been on a really big flavored seltzer kick. So it's like okay. White Claw, just like minus the fun. Yep. But you know what? This one was supposed to be strawberry flavor. And I am reporting to you that it tastes like nothing. Oh, interesting. So I'm a little disappointed. But you know what? Like, I have to say, like, I don't feel like my taste buds have fully come back. Since COVID. Oh, that could be it. So that could I be don't it. know. Maybe I need to like wait another month or two and give this brand another try. But right now, like, I mean, it's okay. You know, okay. Mm, all right. it's White Claw minus the fun and minus some of the flavor, but what else? Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. So let's take move, it easier. Right. Let's move right on into it. What fuckery are the planets all up right. to this month, Taddy? Well, I just would like to say um, another favorite holiday of mine. And last year, I think it just got glossed over because of the obvious reasons. We've got April Fool's Day on April 1st. Mm-hmm. This is a day for, for fun and mayhem. And on this particular day, we have Mercury in a nice position with Pluto. So tell weird jokes and everybody okay. laugh. All weird right. communication and jokes is going to be the day of April 1st this year. Okay. All right, real quick around that corner. We have Mercury transitioning. So when a planet changes sign, it's called an ingress. Mercury is ingressing into Aries. And as we'll see, as we begin speaking um, later, I'll get into it later in the month. We're going to have quite a few planets in Aries. With Mercury and Aries, communication is going to be a little more curt, sharp, quick, and to the point. So let's all get ready for that. Um, now for, you know, we're, we're all witches, but we also, a lot of us have families in mundane land and maybe grew up in a certain paradigm. This, this weekend, we've got Good Friday on the 2nd and, um, we have my mother's birthday on April 3rd, just putting that out there, the day that Mercury goes into Aries. And on the 4th, we have Easter. Well, what's also happening on Easter is we have the third quarter of the moon, which will be at 14 degrees Capricorn. And that's at 3.02 a.m. So this year on Easter, you know, in, in a cosmology that I spent a lot of time with, um, the third quarter is a good time for um, reverence and for cleaning your altar and, and fortifying, you know, your, your faith and love in your altar and in your God. So, you know, let's, let's just flip Easter a little bit and have some, some lovely working that way. I like that. All right. Pretty quick here on the sixth, we have Venus in a really nice position with Mars. Now, Venus and Mars together are pretty loving and pretty hot. So I would say that on April 6th, since things are kind of opening up, let's go on a date. Let's have a loving, let's have some loving fun with loved ones, with sisters, brothers, and or if you have have some sort of hot love out there, have some hot love. I like it. All right, now on uh, the 9th, what's happening on the 9th, which will then lead into the 10th, we're starting to build this brew of a lot of planets in Aries. We're gonna have, by the 10th, five planets will be in Aries, which, which includes the moon. The 9th, we have Mars squaring Neptune. The reason why I'm pointing that out is that that's, it's a really good time for dream work. It, it, it is a good time for um, some physicality being mystical, which mystical physicality for me is while you sleep and dreaming. So that's going to begin that brew. And as we get into the 10th, April 10th, which is the dark part, the darkest the moon is because the moon goes new on the 11th. We have quite, quite a bit in Aries and quite a bit going on. We have Mercury in Aries in a nice relationship with Saturn, which is an Aquarius. We also have Venus in Aries in a nice relationship with Jupiter. So both of those lay the seeds for um, communication in an innovative way because of the Saturn. And also with Venus and Jupiter, that's heightened emotional uh, love feelings are going to be also 
in a visionary way because we've got that moon in that dark spot. We also have Venus at a square with Pluto. So what that means is that there could be some obsessive thoughts about loving things that could also come out in this brew of visionary psychics and dream work. So I would articulate, I would, I would venture to guess that this dark moon, there's a lot that the seeds are planted for you to do a really nice dark moon uh, working to get, to go deep into how you feel, to go deep into who you love. There is a nice setup for you to be able to communicate that in a very succinct, um, clear way. And Jupiter bringing in, Venus and Jupiter bringing in kind of some ease into the work and some opportunities. So I would uh, recommend a nice dark moon working, going into your visions. You know what popped into my head actually when you were talking about that was um almost like writing from like a stream of conscious like standpoint and using it almost like meditation Absolutely. so like I would start with like dropping yourself into a little meditation you know trying to get yourself into the ritual headspace and um you're talking about communication so whatever communication you're trying to achieve whether it be with your spirit guides trying to talk out an issue with someone and try and appropriately convey your feelings anything like that I would write that at the top of the paper and then I would just write and see what comes out let that stream of consciousness come and let spirit and your spirit guides and your deities help guide that I feel like that would be really effective I fully agree and I fully um feel that some background fire like candle work or mm-hmm. even even if you're trying to communicate, um, you know, with your spirit guides, with spirit, um, if you're trying to clarify what you want to work through with a, you know, another person, write it up and drop it in your cauldron, burn it up, or in your backyard if you have a fire pit. Fire is going to be very helpful for this this working. Absolutely. So I would definitely, I feel like that's a really good one. Um, And the other thing that I would recommend is if you wanted to use any crystals with this, I would use lapis lazuli, anything blue that would go with your throat chakra. Since we're talking about not just communicating, but communicating from your inner truth, which is what your throat chakra really connects you to. And if we were going to add candles to it, I would probably go with either blue or orange for communication. Yeah, I would go with orange. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have that little bit of like mercury hint in there too, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think that's great. I think um, on the 10th, we have five, like I said, five planets in Aries. Now, when you have four planets, it's called a stellium. And if a person is born and they have a stellium, so they have four or more planets in the same sign, um, their goal is to learn the, the lesson of that sign. Um, now, because we're talking about a tr- the transits, it's not like the universe needs to learn the lesson of Aries. What I think instead is for us, because the energy is, is going to be heightened in the fire sign of Aries, this is a good time to connect in with your passions. It's a good time to connect in with what Aries brings. Aries brings individuality. Are you being assertive in these communications? Are you speaking your truth? And are you active instead of resting on your laurels, which is that that's not going to serve you with all of this Aries going on. Mm-hmm. All right. Get that fire under your ass going, basically. Correct. That's right. exactly right. Yeah. Now, here we go on the 11th. We're still, that's the actual new moon. So that means the moon is still is in Aries with other planets that are in Aries. Um, we'll have, we have Mercury, we have Venus, we have the moon, we have the sun, and we have, I know there's one other thing in front of me. Oh, it's right in front of me. It's, I'm sorry, it's, yes. All right, I, I've lost my brain, but a lot of the, the, the closest, sun, moon, Mercury, and Venus, so it's four, excuse me, I said, I said five, it's four planets are gonna, that's, the, that's that stellium that's happening. Um, so happy new moon. It's on the 11th at 7.13 p.m. All right. All right. So right around the corner on the 14th, we have another ingress. And an ingress is when planet changes sign. And we have Venus leaving 
Aries. Now, when Venus was in Aries, that's not the most comfortable of signs for Venus. Now, Venus is always benevolent and helpful and um, all that, but now Venus moves into Taurus. So Venus will be in her ruler, which is Taurus. So um, imagine things to be even easier, nice meals, more, you know, the Venus Taurus, nice meals, um, enjoy art, enjoy all the music. dates, basically, all the yeah. date activities, all the date like activities. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, like, you know, like Shauna said, I mean, things are so different even from a year ago, I mean, you you may be able to go somewhere and walk around and look at beautiful art instead of just on your laptop. Right, mm -hmm. this is true. Yeah. All right, so oh. we're switching gears here. Um, now on the 16th, we have the sun is going to be squaring Pluto. And the reason why I bring that out is that on that day, some things that can come up or maybe some issues of power or maybe some issues of control. Um, and that the best way to navigate that if you feel like somebody's trying to control you or have power over you is to go into how is Pluto going to serve that sun energy? Pluto is going to want the sun to transform. So any kind of deep work, you know, it's a great day for counseling. It's a great day for a deep meditation to find out the root of what's, what's holding you down. That'd be a really good day for that. Um, on the 16th, we have Mars in a lovely position with uh, Jupiter. Uh, so when we have, because we've had all of this energy in Aries, that's Mars. So we, the current sign of Mars is in Gemini. It's going to be in a lovely position with Jupiter. That's going to enhance physicality in a lovely way. Um, I see a lot more movement. I see people being able to be outside around other opportunity things that are there are opportunities to engage physically with other people i see That's this more exciting. of this flowing the flowing energy is happening so it's very exciting yeah it's super exciting so um something that i'm really happy to share um is that now in a more celtic path um more of a druidic path than say witchy path but you know it's all the same let's be honest it's just different words for for a reverence for nature and for working with spirit all the original tree huggers you know exactly so in that cosmology um the sixth night after the new moon is actually a very holy time and that's a time of healing it is when the druids it's actually in writing um because it's it's documented that druids would cut mistletoe off of the trees under the sixth night of the new, the sixth night from the new moon and would have um, a lot of healing work. And on, on this particular day, this, there's, a, there's a lot of really helpful energy on the seventh, which is April 17th. We've got Mercury in a good position with Jupiter. So again, um, that's a, an easy, it's, a, it's an opportunity to communicate. We also have, a, what's that? Oh, so what I wanted to talk about was I feel like mistletoe is like just having a moment in my life lately and in Monica's life, it seems. So I wanted to talk about it real quick because it's a really interesting plant. And may I first point out that I had no fucking clue that it grew from oaks? Yes, it's it's a it is a parasite. It grows on parasite. oaks. I had no idea. See, okay, so I didn't even know that. So my mind is blown. I love that you're you're gonna go in here because even though it's traditional in December, you can do a healing moon mistletoe working every month if you want to. You don't have to wait for December. So this is why I'm really excited to find out that you, Stragas, were already mistletoeing it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were. It came up during our Ostara ritual and yes. we were talking about it and it's just, you know, it's such a versatile herb. So to piggyback off of what um, Taddy just said with the Druids, so it was also like extremely auspicious if they could find the mistletoe growing from an oak. So that's mm -hmm. why I kind of pointed that together. Pin, I had no idea that mistletoe is a parasite. That's really, my mind's yeah. just a little blown. Anywho, um, and on Midsummer's Day, so totally not December, we're talking about summer solstice here, um, was an especially good time for it to be done, as well as like the moon time. 
And it was said that one stroke of a gold sickle was used to cut the herb and the herb was not allowed to touch the ground. And this is according to Scott Cunningham in his Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs. I swear this book is like my Bible. Yeah, my, it's my one of my Bibles. So, but the thing is, is that mistletoe, now when we traditionally think of mistletoe, we tend to think of Christmas time and we think of smooching under the mistletoe. So that's what we think of. But really, it's a very well um, known protection herb and not just protection from like psychic attack or spooky things. We're talking about protection against lightning. So I guess every shaman would hate that. Um, Disease, misfortune fires, so on and so forth. So any kind of like catastrophic event, like mistletoe's got your back. And the cool thing that I like about that is I feel like we're talking about protection a little bit more on a mundane level here, where normally when we think of protection, we think of spiritual protection, protection from, you know, curses, from bad juju, from all of these things. And not to say that mistletoe won't do that, because what are the manifestations of curses? Usually shit like this, illness, misfortune, all these things. So this is going to help kind of curb some of that in the mundane world. And that's what I like about it. Which is which is in line, because the, the healing ritual that would happen that the Druids would do was was primarily... Uh, physical healing oh that's very cool okay but, and and even if 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 a woman was having a hard time um um what's i'm trying to think of the conceiving conceiving thank you mm-hmm. if a woman was having a hard time conceiving this is a really good working to do to help support a woman's womb to oh. have it have it have a go as well as with hunting so it helped women conceive and it helps men hunt. So it's considered good luck for that. And it says here that especially for um, the physical healing rituals, a ring would be carved out of the mistletoe wood to warn off sickness when worn. Um, and the plant will cure fresh wounds quickly when carried, but do not apply it to the wound. I'm going to say that again. Do not apply it to the wound. Because mistletoe is poisonous, guys. So don't make a tea with it. Don't try and make some kind of witchy shit that you're going to put on your Band-Aid. Like, this is strictly for, like, external use only. And with, we were talking about this earlier, too. With this being something that's poisonous, I find it kind of funny. Because it was also thought to protect children from fairies and changelings if you put it in the crib with the baby. Oh, But we're not going to do that. Again, mistletoe (laughs) is poisonous. Um, Milk and honey is always good to keep like for the fairies happy. Exactly. But we're still not going to put the honey near the babies again, poisonous for the baby. (laughs) But um, it's also like good to help with um, dreams and stuff like that. So you can, um, you can actually going back to what we were talking about with the dark moon work, you could totally use that there. Special hello from Ricky. Hi ladies. Ricky. Hello. It's so good to see you. (laughs) Say that again. It's so good to see you. Good to see you guys Virgo too. Virgo men rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He needed to pop in. We haven't had a lot of Ricky time since doing the Zoom stuff. So he's been working mostly <laughs> behind the scenes. So yes. now we used to see him every month. I know. This is proof of life. Keeping the man down. Oh, okay. Proof <laughs> of life. I haven't killed him yet, guys. You see him. Proof of the life. The only thing keeping a man down is my torso. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so back to the mistletoe extravaganza, though. Um, so it was used for warding off illness. But back to that dream thing. That's what I like. So people would hang it above their bed or underneath it, and it would aid with sleeping. It would aid with dreaming. Um, and it was specifically supposed to help enhance beautiful dreams so not necessarily that it would protect against nightmares i suppose but it's already such a protective herb i can definitely see where if you're someone that struggles with nightmares and things like that i would work that into a protection sachet then because it will also help bring in those beautiful dreams so this is definitely something to think about for anyone trying to do any kind of dream or trance like work for that dark moon mistletoe could definitely come in handy just to go back that that venus and pluto are in a position that's going it's just inevitable to go deep. It's going to be a deep uh, searching and a, a looking, trying to reveal in the dark and the mistletoe with the red was why it was so big in the winter was because the red helped you see in the, helped you see in the dark. Venus and Pluto energy in a square is 
totally connected to what we're speaking of. So the mistletoe here, it's coming up, you know, a week later, uh, seven, yeah, seven days later, but it, it is absolutely helpful on that dark moon as well. So what's the day for Venus and Pluto? What's that date? This is that same. It's the, um, the 10th and the 11th. Okay, perfect. Which is during the dark moon, right before the new moon. But yeah, so see, mistletoe is just having its moment here. Like I really see that. Um, so yeah, it is also supposed to banish evil if you burn it, um, or if you wear it around your neck, it's supposed to help with um, invisibility. So the two invisibility herbs that I know of is mistletoe and heliotrope. So that's pretty yes. cool. Um, and it's so all, all things considered, mistletoe technically is considered an all-purpose herb. So it's right up there with rosemary. Wow. So because we're talking about mistletoe being poisonous, is it actually okay to throw on a fire? See, that's a I good, that's a good question. I would be careful about that. And I would research that. Let's ask the interwebs. Yeah, because that way. might be the fumes might not be good. That's In, what I'm thinking. What, what I actually used to always do any, any mistletoe working I had, I got a little, a little bit of mistletoe oil from the green man store. And I would just put a dot of it on a candle. Mm. I feel like that's, that would work. Wouldn't oh, that be absolutely. okay instead of burning up the, the herb? Yeah. Yeah. That would work. Yeah. Yeah. Wash so, my hands real careful. You know? Yeah. I'm not finding anything on um, the internet about whether or not, here we go. Is it toxic when burned? It's still not telling me. I'm going to just say, do it, Taddy, to get some of the oil. I don't think I would directly um, no, do I that. And also one thing that does seem to be coming up a lot on my internet searches is people asking if they can smoke mistletoe. Guys, oh, hell no. make no. good life choices. No. Don't do that. No. Don't no. do that. So hopefully the green man doesn't mind that I have just proclaimed that I got oil. I don't know if they only have it in December. So I am not sure. I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure. It might only be available in December, but if it's available now, then they'll get all the listeners looking for some oil. Let me tell yeah. you, if Green Man doesn't have it, I promise you that all of us know someone that's slinging doTERRA oils. All right. So you got your mistletoe oil connect somewhere, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Sure. Daddy says have fun, Green Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So on that day, the reason why this is, I just, I wanted to point out how healing it was, is there's a lot. Of planetary dance going on we have mercury and jupiter we have mercury and mars we have mercury and pluto mercury the very next day is an exact conjunction with the sun that's a lot of communication that's a lot so if you are needing to heal something because again that communication is so in line with it's got some good help coming in from jupiter another benevolent for opportunities and, and studying we've got mars is going to help you activate it um, with Pluto, even though it's a square, it's going to help you go deep. So it's, again, another reason to go deep. And with anytime the sun and, and, and um, Mercury are together, it's a, it's a very communicative, chatty, chatty energy. We also have the moon in a beautiful sextile with a, with a newly turned Venus. And a beautiful sextile. Sextile is a very harmonious energy. It's, it's a easy. So moon and Venus in a sextile, this is a good time for your emotions to connect in to this kind of work. And we also have the moon in a sextile with Uranus. So, <laughs> so this is, it's just a, for ideas. If you're trying to come up with new ideas for healing, this, this healing work that you can do, there's a lot of planetary help and guides for you. And you throw in some mistletoe, you, you know, whenever you, you do a working that is documented that people were doing 2000 years ago, that kind of energy is going to naturally flow. The, the energy, the, the mistletoe knows it's a healing helper. It's a healing guide to humans on the sixth night of the moon. So it's going to be a potent time to do healing work. Okay. All right. Good to know. All right. So right around the corner, we have um, Mercury is going to shift from Aries into Taurus. Um, and we also, on that day, we have the sun shifting into Taurus. And we also have our first quarter. So 
So on the 19th, it's kind of a big shifting. We talked about how on the 10th, we had a stellium in Aries, but now we have a stellium in Taurus. So just like that, the energy has shifted. It's only a week later. Well, excuse me, it's nine days later. And instead of all of the energy being that, you know, fire activating physicality of Aries, we're now our energy is grounded. Our energy is family focused. Our energy is focused around meals with loved ones. We, we're experiencing the shifting and the dance of the planets within a week of each other. And I, I personally, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I am an astro witch. That is the beauty of the universe that we live in. It's the beauty of the cosmos. We're being given a second gift. Instead of the Aries gift, we now have the Taurus gift for um, and I feel like it's something that we really need right now, especially it's just interesting because we were talking about healing so much in this episode for the month of April and going back to like, I think everyone being a little weird in March because it was that year mark of lockdown, you know, we can move out of that. I'm not saying that, you know, we're back to normal by any means, but for those of you that can gather with people now and feel safe about that. Take that time that shall, that Taddy's talking about and, you know, gather with your friends and your family and do these things. Use that energy as a form of healing to heal that fear and heal those scars that we've carried from the last year. You know, and another thing that just is just I'm getting a hit on, you know, the thing about Aries is that it's so much focused on the eye. You know, I it's it's the baby of astrology. It is it is the self. And um, I, I know. I can speak as an extrovert. What was so difficult about this last year was there was a lot more time alone and a, and a loneliness. Um, but you know what? Being alone doesn't have to be loneliness. It can be solitude. And mm-hmm. that is something that perhaps a lot of people have learned how to gauge and how to navigate. So if you're still not able to travel, if you're still, you know, things aren't quite back to where it is, at least because of the learning that came solitude is okay and have that Taurus energy after everything you just experienced in the last year and in particular in a week before where everything was Aries and so I focus have a meal by yourself and just celebrate and 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 love yourself like I'm getting a rose quartz there's a lot of rose quartz love going on here yeah yeah love it that's beautiful first and the first quarter energy is so uplifting and it's so hopeful so that's all what's happening on the 19th right that's that's exciting Mm -hmm. it's exciting so right around the corner um this is a fun this is fun energy on the 22nd we have venus conjunct uranus so that is um super kinky and super hot so enjoy you know enjoy some sort of you know throw on some lace throw on some leather and have fun everybody get out your whips get out your whips get out your whips you know (laughs) anything whatever floats your boat and if it's not weird it's make it weirder because the urinals will make it weird Hey. You know what? That's the second time that you've said that. So, all right, the trends that I'm seeing so far for the month of April is healing and making shit weird. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I can do that. I can make it real fucking weird. Yeah, I can roll with that. <laughs> I think that I, well, I think anyone too. listening to this can make it weird. Absolutely. Guys, it's our time to fucking shine. It is. <laughs> We're weird normally. Now let's get even weirder. No. Yeah, that's, oh, right? I'm gonna go the complete opposite, and like we're gonna just become super normal and like wear fucking polo shirts and shit for the month. No, no, that's not gonna happen. Taddy's like, I'm not that weird, all right? Just roll it back. Yeah, maybe when I worked at Starbucks in my 20s, they used to make me wear khakis. Oh, I always was getting in trouble. <laughs> my hair was too black, and my nose pierced always got me in trouble. So let let you. Let your freak flag fly, everybody. Mm-hmm. All right. So here we go on the 23rd. We have another ingress. We have Mars shifting um, from Gemini into Cancer. Now, this is this is um, 
a very different, this is not a comfortable position for Mars. You know, Mars is active, Mars is body, Mars is, you know, um, you know, traditionally more male and cancer is moon feminine energy. So, you know, all this means is that sometimes when things get a little, um, if things are to get agitated during this next cycle of Mars, they're going to be more on the moody end instead of like a blow up fight. So that's just all to be aware of. Um, and right around the corner on the 26th, we have our full moon. Woo-hoo! And that full moon is on a Monday and it's actually at 8.31 p.m. So any full moon work, it will be seven degrees Scorpio. So best time to do that working is the time of, because it's at the PM. This is again, you know, Pacific, Pacific time. So full moon ritual on the moon day of. Can I just, can I just say, I'm really excited that it's going to be full at a time that is not past my bedtime for once. Right. <laughs> That's pretty exciting because I I've been knocking out at like ten, so I'm like, ooh, eight o'clock. Huh? I'm like, I still might be awake by then. Yeah, she still might be awake. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you're not the only. Uh, my sister, which it's I'm lucky if she's up past nine thirty or ten, so we'll be able yeah. to do something that night for sure. <laughs> All right. So our one ending to the month before we get into um, the last thing that we're going to talk about. Uh, we have the one planet that's going retrograde. We have Pluto, which will be stationing retrograde at 26 degrees Capricorn. Um, now the reason why I bring this up is that days where planets station tend to be, um, interesting. Like they tend to be like, sometimes if you're ever like, what's going on? Is Mercury retrograde? No, 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 no. Maybe one of the far planets stations that day. So just be aware, you know, now the thing about Pluto retrograde, this is not like a Mercury retrograde where everybody's going to feel it. Um, we're going to have Pluto retrograde until October 6th. That's, mm-hmm. that's a long time. Wow. Wasn't he just in retrograde last oh. year too? Well, yeah, every year. That's what happens is it, it's slow. It, Pluto moves along, chugging along like a tortoise and then stops and then goes right. Retro- I mean, the last time it was retrograde was sometime last fall. It's right. it, it tends to be in the spring and the fall when when Pluto makes the shift, and it only makes the shift each way once a year because it moves so slowly. It's gotcha. the farthest planet from the sun, so not a lot. You're not going to necessarily feel a lot with a Pluto retrograde, um, but just to keep in mind and just the best way to work when Pluto is retrograde and any kind, especially around April 27th and then October 6th. So like a few days before, a few days after on both dates, this is a good time to go deep, good time to work on transformation. It's a good time for change. Change is not the devil. Change is not evil. Pluto will always teach you uh, that transforming and change is a necessary part of life. So if there's something going on in your life right now that's not working, perhaps putting that focus into a transformation and a big change, will this will be a good time to do that. Mm. Would you all say... Good change, as we know, all change is good change. The only way it's not is when you're holding on to the past instead of looking to the future. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what I was going to suggest not to do. The only thing to suggest with a Pluto retrograde is what not to do is to hold on to something so tight that you're not open to changing. And it's not a good time to um, if things to control were, somebody. Yeah. If somebody's yeah. trying to have change in your life and you don't like it, trying to hold on to them and control them and exert your power over them, it's just going to flip the opposite way and it, it will not where it will not be pretty. You know what, if things want out of your life and you're trying so hard to hold on to it, I promise you it's going to be like trying to hold on to grains of sand. You're just not going to be able to keep that grip anyway. So if things want to go, let it go. Yeah. You know, you know, the tarot card, whenever you do a tarot reading, it sure people like you don't want the tarot card. But when that tarot card shows up, it shows up. You mean the tower? Yes. Yeah. 
I thought you were saying tarot. I heard it wrong. Oh, um, you know, yeah. Patty gets going. She gets excited. My bad. <laughs> but you're totally right about the tower card, though. That's exactly yes. what it is. And I tell people that, like, yes, it, it symbolizes, like, crisis, but it's changed through crisis. Correct. And trying to, you know, you throw down the tower card and, you, oh, I didn't do that. I'm going to pick that up and put it back in the deck. <laughs> right that's not how it works and the thing to remember with that is that happens when i this is what i tell my clients when this comes up in a reading i'm saying the universe is telling you very nicely hey do this and it only asks nicely a couple times where the discomfort level will be mild and then after it asks you you know a certain amount of times it's like okay you know what this needs done and i'm gonna punch you in the face now absolutely and that's what the tower card is so if you know that you, there's changes that you need to make going into this retrograde. Maybe it's time to like really like put the pedal to the metal and make them. And maybe you can avoid that punch in the face. Maybe we can avoid living in that tower card. Absolutely. And you, honestly, what's that? Would you say that if there, if there are changes that you know you need to make or changes that you would really like to enact in your life, do you feel that like going consciously into this retrograde with that in mind would be beneficial? Or do you feel like let Pluto do what he wants to do and maybe not dictate? I absolutely not. It's the former. If you know that there's some change on the horizon, the best way to navigate it is to dive deep into the change. Just jump, dive in because Pluto are the depths. If you're not sure what the change is, if you're not sure what to do, do Plutonic and Scorpionic things that can help you. Tarot, um, psychoanalysis, you know, get into counseling, um, you know, deep shamanic work, something that will help you try to have a new way of looking at it. I mean, the whole thing about this is this something that I am that, you know, I'm not new to the Greek myths. I mean, the Greek myths are taught to us even in high school. So when Persephone is down in the underworld with Hades, she's not alone. Who's helping her with the light? Hecate. Yes. Hecate has got that light. So if you need help, you've got to have something in the darkness to help you figure it out. I'm not sitting here telling everybody, start working with Hecate. But going purposely deep and trying to find a new way to see is absolutely helpful when you're you have a big change on the horizon. And obviously, if you if you just are scared and that work is just too intense because Pluto is intense, be open. Mm -hmm. Don't be don't be clenched fist. No, you have to at least be open to it. Absolutely. And you know what? Persephone is also a good goddess to work with if you need to make big changes in your life or if the changes, if you're living in that tower card moment and the changes are being made for you, Persephone can help give you comfort and guide you during those to how to navigate your new waters too. That's beautiful. And we had a lot of Venus talk. Persephone is mm -hmm. kind of Venusian, isn't she? Kind of. I mean, they definitely their paths cross in mythology and they actually kind of have a bit of like a divine cat fight actually oh. over Adonis. So well, he's uh, hot. I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, she does in the sense that she's definitely got a lot of this really soft energy at times and highly feminine. And because her story you know, depending on which way you look at it. Yeah, it's like super tragic. She's kidnapped and raped. But at the same time, she ends up falling in love. And if we focus on that love, she definitely has a lot of that. And not only that, but she's like one of the very few uh, Greek or Roman goddesses that really has power that isn't seen just as the consort of a god. But she, because she's not just Pluto's wife, she's the queen of the underworld. And she rules accordingly. And so she definitely has a lot of that power too. And a lot of ways Venus has a lot of power in that sense where we don't really we see her more as a standalone thing, even though she's got 8 million lovers, she's got a husband, all this stuff, you don't think about that It's her. 
so they're both very feminine. They both have that power. And that's kind of the interesting thing. And let me just say real quick, pops to the coven sister, because she's the one that taught me these things about Persephone being not just the consort, but the ruler. So she taught me something really interesting and I retained it. So thank you, coven sister. Sisters. That's awesome. Yeah, so I like it. I like where April is going. It's it's got a lot of good stuff. That's April, everybody. I just um I'm gonna share the moon, the moon magic days. And I know somebody had a question, and we're gonna talk a little bit about Saturn um returns. Yes. All right, so the moon, so we're April. Here's April. We got our moon magic days on Sunday, April 4th. We have the third quarter. At 14 Capricorn, 3.02 a.m. All you night owls, that's a good time to do a working. Okay. Sunday Way past night that time. I'll, I do my work. I do a lot of working. Okay. Sunday, 4.11. We have the new moon at 22 Aries. That's the perfect time for little Miss Shauna at 7.13 p.m. There we go. That's a lot more like it. Thank you very much. Um, now on Monday, the 19th, we have the first quarter at zero degrees Leo and that's too late for Shauna. That's at 1159 PM. Nope. Screw that. Not at all. Then we have our full moon on Monday, the moon day of April 26th at seven degrees Scorpio at 831 PM. And you know, this month was super interesting. Um, not a lot of void of course energy. We've got one day where it's from 3.05 a.m. until 1.30 p.m., and that's on April 7th. So not a lot of void of course days this this month. And I think that that makes sense because the more that I, now I'm getting the hit, we're talking about how things are flowing, things are a little bit easier. Not a lot of this down, you know, sometimes void of course is is, is kind of like a, a space in between. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot, we've had a year that was a year of space in between. April, we don't have a lot of spaces in between. So I think this makes sense why there's not that much void of course energy going on this month. I like that. Yeah, I, I like know. that a lot. Um, all right. Well, Miss Shauna was very helpful to let me, Taddy, know that somebody, and, and I, I don't believe I got the name, but somebody I'm was trying to dig through right now and find it because for the life of me, I can't remember if it was on our Instagram or our email that I you found. know it's okay because whoever inquired about the Saturn return is an angel and we're happy that we got a question. We're happy to discuss. And um, if we don't have your name, your energy is awesome. That's what's important. Right. Yes, so thank you. All right. So just to talk a little bit about Saturn Returns, I just really want to start. Now, Saturn Return, kind of like Mercury Retrograde, gets a really bad rap. And so I want to start this conversation. Saturn Return, it is not something to be feared. It is not something to be reviled. It's not something to hide from. The Saturn Return is a natural growth cycle that we all experience. And there's not one Saturn return. Sometimes there's two Saturn returns in a lifetime. And if you're lucky, you get three. So the Saturn return is basically Saturn is the planet of structure. Saturn is the planet of time because he's, you know, the, the, he's the site. All that means is time. And Saturn is about foundation and about working hard. And when you have your Saturn return, the first Saturn return hits anywhere from the age of 27 to 30. See, Saturn has a 29.5 year cycle. So sometimes, you know, you're 28. For me, I was like 29, almost 30 when I finally got mine. Now, the first Saturn return, the big key word for the Saturn return is adulting you officially make the step you just imagine yourself crossing a hedge like like a spell you cross that hedge into being an adult there your your childhood is behind you and you are fully into your adult world so for some people who don't want to grow up or for some people who 
I don't know, maybe had a very easy childhood and were, were taken care of and were maybe had helicopter parents, you know, that kind of thing. Becoming an adult is, can be. Traumatic. Um, what's that? Traumatic. It can be, it can be tough. And that's where the, the Saturn return kind of gets that the bad rap from it. And that's why I really did want to start, you know, it's, it's just you're stepping into adulthood. And unless you're, I don't know, the vampire Lestat, <laughs> everybody has time and everybody grows and everybody, every year you get older that we're human. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the big, the big conversation for becoming an adult is it can really manifest in really interesting ways. It doesn't have to just be, Hey, I'm an adult and I had to get a shitty job that I hate. You know, for some people, the Saturn return is when they get married, they actually get married. Or that's when somebody may have their first child. They become the mother instead of the maiden. There's a lot of different ways that a Saturn return can play out. You can finally decide, hey, you know, I've been working in a coffee shop and I actually really want to be a teacher. You can finally figure out your vocation, your purpose. Um, And for some people who don't figure out their purpose, that's okay because that's not everybody is not everybody has the luxury of knowing when they're five years old that they want to be a doctor and they go straight to medical school, you know, but there is adulting that has to happen. Even if you don't know what your life purpose is, maybe it means you're finally moving out of the house. Maybe it means you I've always wanted to live in Portland. So you move to Portland instead of staying, you know, where I'm in Riverside right now, maybe somebody here wants to be in Portland. That's a, that's, that's a, adulting move. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends that moved here from different countries came here during their Saturn return. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So this is, again, it, it can be really, it can be hard. It can be challenging. It can have hiccups because Saturn likes to teach lessons. So if you're having your Saturn return and you're just going about doing the same old thing, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to stay in this job I really don't like. And I'm going to continue to live with five people and sort of try to get my own place. And you know what? Saturn's going to give you some obstacles so that you learn your lessons. That's the way Saturn works. Now, when you have your Saturn return, what happens is, is it, so it's, again, I'm speaking generalizations. Um, This happens for every sign. Right now, Saturn is an Aquarius. So if your Saturn's an Aquarius, and you're 27 to 30, you're having your Saturn return. Or if you're 57 to 60, you're having your second Saturn return, which I'll get to. What I want to say about the Saturn return is that when Saturn is in your Saturn sign, it does not mean that you have a Saturn return for two and a half years. That is not what it means. You really do need to get your chart done so you know the degree of your Saturn because Saturn will go well, the way it's the same thing. All the planets, it's, it's like astrophysics. Saturn will move across and you'll have a hit on your Saturn in your chart. Then Saturn will stop and go retrograde and you'll have another hit on your Saturn sign. Okay. Then Saturn stops and goes back direct. And that third hit, if you are learning your lessons if you are taking your steps to become the adult that you, you want to be, not your parents. This is not because, you know, mommy and daddy wants you to go to law school and you go to law school, but really you want to be a ballet dancer, okay? This is literally, if you are doing the work for you to become the adult you want to be, that third pass can come and can come and go and you won't even notice it because you're doing the work. It's a matter of doing the work. Saturn is about the work. Mm-hmm. Does that all resonate? Is that clear? Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Talk about the second one. So the second Saturn return happens when you're 57 to 60. And this Saturn return is about your life legacy. This is when people start to question, have I done with my life what I wanted? If, if they have, they want to make sure that there's a legacy from their life's work. You know, um, oftentimes legacy does mean children, but not all of us. I, I don't have children. 
So is my legacy not happening because I don't have children? Not at all. Is there some sort of life's work that I've done that I want to leave on for my non-blood children or my, my, my relatives and my family, my spiritual community? It's all about your legacy. It's all about putting your life's work into, pers into perspective. Perhaps when you're 57 to 60, if this is something that you, you had children young and you, you know, you had the mortgage job and you took care of your family, you were the adult, but you always wanted to be a beekeeper. Okay. Now is your chance, like do what you wanted to do, become the beekeeper. You, you've done your work. Try, try to do both to, to make sure you still, you know, you have this Saturnian things like uh, shelter and insurance and money in the bank, but your life's purpose is more than just the house and the money in the bank. It's about your legacy and, and, and if you have fulfilled what you want to do while you're here. Got it. Does that make sense? You know what? I've never actually heard anyone talk about what the second Saturn return does. I know that it's a thing, but I've never heard anyone talk about what it means when, when you're going through it. So thank you for that. It's a really good time for, like in our community, it's a really good time for somebody to write a book. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, if somebody has been a practicing witch and they've, you know, they've had covens or they've been teaching tarot classes it's, you know, the kind of tarot classes that you've taught, you know, document it for future, for future generations and your legacy. You know, you'll always have that ISBN. You will have a legacy because, you, you know, a book or some sort of project like architecture by that point has an architecture built this giant house. Yes or no. And if not, perhaps that's, that's what's left to do. Life legacy becomes a purpose for somebody between the ages of 57 and 60. Gotcha. Now the third Saturn return, if somebody is lucky enough to make it that long, because you know, we're talking 87 to 90. Mm -hmm. Wow. So the third Saturn return is all about the elder sage. This is the grandmother who doesn't give a fuck. She, she ain't got no fucks to give. She's lived her life. She, you know, she has her children, her grandchildren, maybe even great grandchildren. And she is able to spread the wisdom of all this life that she's lived. This also for people who do make it to 87 and 90, a lot of people tend to pass during their third Saturn return. Gotcha. That's their, their, their third, the third time they're done. They adulted, they have their life legacy and they're the elder sage and they can pass in peace, a life well-lived. Mm -hmm. They've had that completion. Yes. Yeah. Is it true, Taddy, that uh, sometimes people do die during their Saturn returns? Sometimes what? People pass during their Saturn return, even, even if it's, uh, you know, the first or second. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to be, to be frank. Yeah. Because it's, it, you know, Saturn, he is the grim reaper. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, not to bring in more of that fear mongering that comes with Saturnian energy because it's not, it's not scary. It's, it's just about doing your work. And some people, you know, by the time, I mean, there's a reason that we have the 27 club. Yeah. All those musicians, a lot of them did tend to go around their Saturn return and they mm -hmm. did what they came to do and then they had to go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that just gave me chills. No. I yeah. wish I had them longer. Her, but you know, her. this is just something for everyone to laugh at because I had heard that some people die during their Saturn returns and I entered my Saturn return New Year's Eve on. January 2019, which means I was in my Saturday return for 2020. And so when everything was jumping off with that and one of my COVID induced panic attacks, I fucking 
frantically called Taddy. And I was like, am I going to fucking die? It's COVID. I'm in my Saturn return. Is this what's happening? And she had to like talk me off of this really bizarre anxiety induced ledge. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know what I will say? We can laugh because you're adorable, but, but to be, to be frank, um, to be questioning your own mortality is actually the sign of an adult. So, right. really? so I was you, doing what I was supposed to do. You were kind of doing what you, you know, you, yeah. you were doing, you know, it, it, obviously the first set of return, most, most people tend to, to make it past that one. Um, just, I mean, I'm talking in generalizations just by it. It's a numbers, it's a numbers yeah. game. Right. You know, maybe, you know, maybe in the year 800, a lot of people died at their first Saturn return. That is for sure. But we're in 2020 and 2021 now. So, um, you know, it's all about starting to question things differently than you did. You know, when people are 18, they're like, I'm going to drive 100 after I've had five drinks. I'm going to get home and I'm going to play a video game. They're not even thinking about their mortality. Right. You know, that is... To have the Grim Reaper give you a little teeny poke and you realize, hey, I'm not going to live forever is a very sobering, but a, but mature thing to spend time with. Mm-hmm. I like, well, and I think a lot of people did that um, over, over last year, but I was thinking about the Saturn return and just all of it. And it was just this very nice little terrifying package. So Taddy got a panicky phone call, talked me off that ledge. You will forever be able to cherish that in your memory bank. Anytime you have any of that happen to you, please call me again. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. Both of you. Thank you. Anybody out there who has my number. If you don't have my number, you can email me. And yeah, oh, and that's the thing, because we had people in Facebook ask um, how to get in touch with you. I gave them your email address, taddymccoy at gmail.com. So if you guys have questions um, that you want featured on the show, um, you can email me, witches at gmail.com or directly to taddy, taddymccoy at gmail.com. And you can also book an astrology reading with her. And I definitely recommend that you do that, especially if you are going through your Saturn return or about to, like, since we're just on that topic, like, I think that it's really great to kind of definitely get your chart looked at around that time. Cause it does provide some guidance as well as, you know, if you have the astrologer look past your Saturn return and go, but here's some happy points. It's really helpful guys. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I usually do an hour, but you know, 2020, a lot of people had different work schedules. So if, you know, if, you know, your time and your money is not such that you can do a full hour reading, like I am happy to do a little Saturn return tidbit just to make sure you're on track and for you to find out like when it's going to happen. It's, it's good to know the timeline, just the, the timing of it, because again, Saturn is time. So if you know the timing of it, that way, because I'll be honest with you, in way back in 2001 is when Taddy had her first Saturn return. And I, the minute Saturn went into Gemini, I was like, I'm in my Saturn return. And it was like the end of the world, which no, I was not in my Saturn return when it, because that's not how it works. It's, you really do need to know the timing of it. It's not just, you know, if your Saturn is in, um, Aquarius, you're not necessarily having your Saturn return right now. It, it depends on the date and all of that. Gotcha. We'll definitely go check that out. And thank you for coming and talking to us today about that and about April. I feel I feel pretty good about April. It seems like I loved all the yeah. talk that you were doing about. Yeah, family. it's gonna be a good month. Yeah, and be being month. weird. Like I'm all for that. I feel like that just has just you know jovial kind of energy. I really hope to hear a lot of weird jokes on April Fool's Day. I like it. I like it. So everyone listening, please put your weird jokes for Taddy up in the Facebook group. Yes, please do. (laughs) So Taddy, who is your shout out? Oh my God. Can I, give me a second. I I actually was trying to figure this out. Can I, can I go third? Yeah. Monica, who do you got? Me? Yeah. 
I am going to shout out to my grandson who is going to be turning 18 on the 6th of April. Oh my so My shout out is to Drake. Happy birthday. Happy 18th. My, my little birthday. man is now a big man. So, yeah. That's crazy. He's going to be 18. 18. Happy yep. birthday, Drake. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome, huh? That's, That's really so awesome. cool. Yes. Happy yes. grandmommy. Yes. I love that. Um, my shout out is to Freddie. Um, I'm trying to, Freddie, I'm trying to remember your last name off the top of my head. And I want to say it's Pedroza, but I could be wrong. Um, I've met Freddie. I've actually done a reading with him. He is an amazing witch in the witch community in LA. And we were talking on St. Patrick's Day over Instagram. And he actually brought up Dog Did Day too. <gasps> wait, wait, what? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I had no I've been idea. I trying to make this happen. Yeah, he had brought it up and I was like, oh, I had no idea. He's like, I think Taddy's talked about it before. I'm like, well, I guess next year we're going to have to just interview you guys about this because now I'm well, intrigued. What's funny is I'm now I'm remembering because I loved being in classes with Freddie. Mm-hmm. And I hope that I now I want to know if he got that from Taddy, me or if he got if somebody else is doing it. I want to be on the bandwagon. Right. Well, we will find out after Freddie hears this because well, he will Freddie, hit one I of miss us up. you. Yes, I fantastic, Freddie. I'm glad that at least I can like follow you on Instagram and keep up with you that way because you are cool people. Yay! Um, all right, I'm ready to jump in. I, you know, I went and you know, my mom's birthday is April 3rd, but there's another Aries that I grew up with. My grandmommy, she's she's getting a shout out to the other side. Grandmommy's uh-huh. birthday is April 1st. Ah, badass. Every year I would just terrorize her and my grandfather on April Fool's Day and she would never fall for it but she would pretend to because my grandfather would fall for it and (laughs) she every year you know you could say happy birthday before you do this (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I'm just gonna shout out to my grandmommy and my mom for my my Aries women in my life that made me free and warrior strong Aries women rule love it you know speaking of Aries women real quick my little niece who was just a couple months old when I first started dating Ricky is gonna be 13 in April mind blown and she is such a cool kid and she's just such the epitome of an Aries like she really is, but she's going to be 13. Lord help me. I have a teenage Aries in my life now. Oh, teenager, I love teenagers. I mean, I'm going to love her because I'm her auntie. So if she wants to do jerk teenage shit, that's not my problem. I'll give her back to her mom, whatever. Yes. <laughs> I, and I was always the kind of aunt or, you know, like spiritual aunt, like the teenagers would come to me, but with their mom, they would be like, whatever. Yeah. But with Taddy, they'd be like, that's cool that's cool well thank you taddy once again thank you very much and amazing uh episode thank you everyone for listening and we will see you guys very very soon merry meet merry part and And merry merry meet again